0: Welcome to the Kuppinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwald. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kuppinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is Martin Kuppinger. He is founder and principal analyst here at Kuppinger Coal. And today we want to talk about policies, access policies, and maybe also about why roles are really not the way to go. Hi, Martin. Hi, Matthias. As I mentioned in my introduction, um, roles are not the way to go. Why is that?
1: Um, maybe this is a little over the top, but if we want to use roles, we need to start things differently than we commonly do. So so when we look at the reality, then it, it is, I would say, a simple fact that most role projects struggle in some way. Some f- totally fail, some take longer than expected, some don't deliver at to the, re- the expectations that have been raised at the beginning. I would say probably all projects I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot, Uh, Work cumbersome in some way. And I believe there's a reason for that. That reason is pretty simple at the end. We're starting at the wrong point because a role is a technical artifact and artifact contains artificial. It is something which is a construct and people need to understand that construct and you need to deal very properly with these constructs. And when you step back, You come to the point, what do we really want to do? And what we really want to do is we want to control with roles, with groups, with other artifacts. We want to control who has access to what. So at the end, we are looking at this simple question. For instance, saying, okay, all employees are allowed to access certain parts of the corporate intranet if there's still an intranet. Users in the finance department and within the finance department and bookkeeping doing these business tasks are allowed to do that if, for instance, they have a certain job level. And all these things are nothing else than access policies. They are saying someone or a group of people or something can do certain actions on certain resources under certain constraints. And my perspective is if we start with access policies, we might then derive roles out of that. We might derive a lot of other things out of that, but we have a very simple to understand, very easy to understand construct, which is understood by business, which is understood by IT, which you can relatively easily normalize as well. Um, and that is what people understand, and then you would be successful. And if roles then are an outcome, that's great, but it, they are not the starting point. The starting point f- for I would say probably everything, at least most we do in security, are access policies.
0: So if I understand you correctly, many organizations are looking at managing their access and trying to get a grip on access governance by talking with their business about roles. So this... I. Have learned in my experience as well is really not the right starting point because just talking about roles, this static kind of access is not enough. So how should policies then look like? What are the aspects that influence such such policies? It's more than just a job position.
1: So let's start maybe with another point. You you mentioned yes, they're starting about complex artificial concept, and I think talking about roles uh, is a little bit like. having your doctors throwing Latin terms on you without explaining what it's really about. So it's it's really hard hard to manage. And when I look at access policies, really look at it very generic. It is a subject. So you can describe this as an organizational entity, as a individual person, as a group of things, as whatever. So the subject can be a lot of different things. Then there's the action which can be Whatever action is required, pass the firewall, access a system, delete data in a certain system, access highly critical information in the finance department, whatever. Could also be approved in other things. And then there's a resource, something in IT from a system to a file to whatever. And there are constraints. And at the end, yes, there might be, for instance, organizational entities we use. There might be job descriptions, but there might be also things like constraints such as, okay, approvals only up to 100,000. All of these can be very well expressed in natural language. So policy has a certain structure, which is nothing else than at the end, natural language expression. And it is something people can describe at each and every level for what they do. So people who are very familiar with traditional firewalls uh, will probably think in certain IP addresses passing or not passing through certain ports. In these business departments, it will be a different level of description, but it's always the same structure, and this can be very well aligned. And you can run conversations at each and every level uh, without the people needing to translate complex concepts and artifacts and terms, but really using their way to express their their domain.
0: Right. And from what I've learned, many organizations and many IT departments still think when they think of roles as system-specific roles. If you think of a large um, system like an SAP system or any other large uh, business supporting systems, the roles that are in place are usually managed at a system level, which we do not endorse, but which is the case. So these roles are defined specific for a silo. So the information that is spent and invested in defining these roles and maybe also getting to assignment rules for these roles is really within a silo. If we think of policies, I think that is also the the opportunity to change this, to have policies in a central place available for more than one system.
1: Which doesn't mean that you can't work with policies for a silo. So at the end... The roles in the SAP silo are based on access policies, only that no one starts with the list of access policies and from there derives the roles and everything. But they start with a complex artifacts and and people need first to understand, oh, what is the role and how do I deal with roles? And that makes things just more complex at the end of the day. And so you can use policies everywhere and you can and also have some hierarchy of policies in some way where you say, okay, this is really my my business perspective, and then you you drill down. But they are a unifying concept across everything. My my vision to some extent is that we say, okay, we have these access policies, and then we start deriving sort of technical policies or technical implementations of what the policy says as automated as we can. Think about um, having an access policy which then, leads to technical ACL controls on a Windows Server file system. Um, Think about policies, which are about only our employees are allowed to access our Wi-Fi internally, which doesn't make much sense, but just as a sample, that could lead to automated configuration settings for all the components of your Wi-Fi network, of other network security components, Uh, even of endpoint, security. So there's a lot of potential of automating security controls by translating the policies. That would be my vision. And that is in some way also a request to vendors to move forward to that space.
0: So we need to get to a central common language that is understandable for, for humans and for humans of all um, profession within an organization from IT to business and um, also for defining um, access and ma- uh, rules for um, yeah for devices and, and everything else. So it's really a, a common language that is then used, as you've mentioned, for deriving, I- ideally in an automated manner, the actual access control mechanisms as they are relevant across all systems. Uh, I, I would see it a little different, honestly. I would say the
1: the language to use is the language to use, so so to speak, regularly speak in a certain structure. Describe who is allowed to do what, so to speak. That then can be transferred into a defined structure with the resource, uh, the action, the subject or subject resource that way, constrained. That might be done by, by people supporting them. And that then might result and should result in a st- sort of a standard Structure, but overall we are relatively flexible because the, the sort of the unifying concept is really this, I would say, well established and well agreed structure of how does a policy look like with, with the subject and the action and the resource, etc. And then I think we don't need to put too much effort into this is the standard because this is easy to translate between various levels between various systems, and we specifically must ensure that we don't. Say okay. Um, to do access policies, you first need to learn an abstract language, such as some tried to do with XML, the Extensible Access Control Markup Language, which was too complex. And at the end, people just wanted to describe who is
0: allowed to do what. Right. So, and you mentioned that it's also a request towards vendors, or at least, um, yeah, ma- making sure that this can work. So we are not yet there. There is not yet a a solution that would be capable of. Storing of maintaining these then translated um, access policies?
1: I would say we have a couple of elements. So, when you look at the space of um, dynamic authorization management, so where XSML had a, played a, an important role uh, a while ago, we see a couple of vendors, we see a couple of players who provide some types of policy management. Uh, we have well established. Um, tools and concepts around policies when we go down to firewalls, et cetera. So I think we have a lot of elements there. We use policies in every web access management product for, for tens of years and, and in many other elements of, of security. I think it's a understanding that we need to get out of these technical silos and that we need the sort of the business level of of defining such policies and the mapping between these layers. Which sounds complex, but I believe it's not really a rocket science because It's all around a very simple concept of the access policy. And my recommendation would be the first thing is to end users, start your roles project. and call it something like an access management or access governance project. Roles are just an element or or might be an element. you not necessarily need them. But don't start with roles. Start with access policies and then derive, if you want to work with roles, derive the roles out of them. And my other major recommendation would be uh, to the vendors, Rethink what you're doing and think about how you could shift to a better use of access policies that can be expressed in the language that your users are used to and where they are, which is easy for them, which is everything close to natural language. That's it.
0: Right, I fully agree. I, if, if you first of all have to make that a step towards abstraction, uh, that always hinders the actual input from from those who know from the stakeholders. And just a simple sentence uh, that, that states uh, HR people are not expected to work uh, Sundays after 10 in the evening, um, that can be easily transferred into a policy which defines um, working hours um so it's really just getting the input from the people who actually know and translating that into a simple Policies that then can be used for defining access control within individual systems. We're getting closer to the to the end of this episode. Um, I know, and I um, would recommend that the uh, listeners uh, can go to our website and look for more information about how to do access management properly. Any recommendations from your side, Martin?
1: So I think there's a. Very good recording of a keynote you did just for one of our KC Life events recently. We will publish an uh, updated report of um, access governance or redefining access governance very soon. We have our leadership compass on access governance, for instance, to name just a few things. So I think it makes a lot of sense to get a KC Plus license, which is very affordable to access to all of our research. And there's a there's plenty of stuff around. Um, all these topics available.
0: Right. So, so that's it for this, today's episode about um, access policies, about using more user-centric common language uh, constructs for defining and maintaining rules for access. Thank you very much, Martin, for joining me today. And I'm looking forward to having you in an upcoming episode.
1: Thank you for inviting me and welcome.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.